Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Ha <laughs> ha, yes, we did it. We survived the apocalypse and we're back. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. I'm Aaron Camaro. This is Chris Sinzak. Now, wait a minute. The Mayans didn't figure in leap year, so we might be screwed in a couple of days. You know, however, you know, that's how I look at it now, <laughs> whatever. As yeah. long as we got cool rock and roll to listen to, just like the apocalyptic stuff of last week, we're going to be okay. Yeah, and that was today a, we're going to definitely be okay. Yeah, last week was a lot of fun. We had some good feedback from that. Um, but this week, you know, it's giving time of the season. And that's right. We survived the apocalypse. That means one thing. Time for Christmas. Yeah, and a lot of shows will end up doing, you know, Christmas specials, but uh, we don't do it that way. No, we're all backwards from everybody else. You guys know that. We do Christmas in July, so That's we right. can't do Christmas at Christmas. No, this time we're going to do something that has been requested for pretty much since the inception since, of the show. Since the since the very beginning right. of the Decibel Geek podcast, the fans have asked again and again, when will you do a Motley Crue special? Well, Merry Christmas. It's time for a very motley Christmas. I'm glad I got you around yes. to, to hype it up. You're Isn't so that much great? better at it than <laughs> Hey, we're doing I, a motley Crew I, show. I, I channeled my inner movie guy for that one. <laughs> Don Pardo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, this will be fun today. And uh, let's go ahead and say how we're going to do this. You know, Motley released. Uh, well, overall, nine full-length studio albums. Nine kick-ass albums. And they've released a lot of compilations and box sets and stuff like a lot of classic rock bands do, but we're going to stick to the nine studio albums and also the bonus EP from the 94 Karabi era. Right, because what we did, we, we drew albums more yeah. or less. And then we're each going to pick a song off that album. Chris drew the uh, shortest straw, and so he got to <laughs> Pick from all the extra stuff, you know, and he picks something something off a of Quaternary. Yeah, because Quaternary, you know, it, 
those of you that are listening that are diehard Motley fans, and I just I signed up for the Motley Shout board uh, just a couple of days ago to just to solicit questions from the real crew heads, the diehards. Because you know, me and Aaron, know what's up. we like Motley a lot, but yeah. we, I don't think we can hold a candle to these guys. So we, I was like, let's get let's hear what the diehards really think. And Quaternary came up pretty regularly, and a lot of the diehards love it. But if you're not a diehard crew fan, I think you're going to be surprised how good the stuff on that EP is. Yeah, and you may have heard it in the uh, intro here. That bittersweet song came off a quaternary and uh it's mick mars at his best i mean beautiful yeah. song but it still rocks yeah that's uh but we'll get to that line yeah, up yeah. later before, before we get to the motley and potatoes of the episode motley and potatoes. let's go ahead and pick out our geek of the week and as a matter of fact we are uh kind of not on the case with this yeah we're doing this on the fly so we tell you guys week after week all you got to do is like the uh facebook page and make some comments, you know, become a part of the conversation with us about hard rock and heavy metal. And there's plenty to talk about on yeah. the Facebook page. And more or less, what we're going to do is just pick out somebody that we think sounds good or looks cool or has something fun to say or whatever, you know. And here we are. We haven't picked nobody, so fire up the Facebook page. Let's yeah. see what we okay. got here. So I went on our Facebook page other than the Motley Shout Board, and I, you know, solicited responses from the... Uh Decibel Geek Army, as we like picking, to call you guys. Picking Geek of the Week on the fly. And uh, I did, if you if you had to pick just one track from each Motley Studio album, what would you pick? And the first guy that responded, he's going to be our Geek of the Week this week. Uh, Gino Ames, and he says, Too Fast for Love is just amazing. I often tell people that Motley is my Zeppelin. In the 80s, anything crew did, everyone else did 20 minutes later. I agree with that. They were, I mean, they were pretty pretty big pioneers at the time. You know, they, yeah, they, would, they, they would set a standard and then everybody would fall in line and copy them and then Motley would switch things up on them and change it yeah. again. So they, uh, they, they definitely were trendsetters in the 80s. So, um, Gino. Just, just when you think you know all the answers, Motley Crew changes the questions. That's right. So, Gino Ames from, uh, I think it was Florida, I believe, uh, you know, enjoy being Geek of the Week. Thanks for the uh, comment. And yes. that, that's all there is to it, folks. Just See, go on there. Simple as that. You too could be Geek of the Week, just like our friend Gino Ames. And uh, enjoy the power, the glory, and the pl prestige of being Geek of the Week, That's my right. friend. And also, well, it, on the subject of the Facebook page, if you are a fan on the Facebook page, you will see the exclusive link that we do to our bonus track feature that we do every week. Yeah, maybe well, some we people take a week off here and there. but uh, Yeah, we, but yeah. we try to stay consistent with that. But uh, what SoundCloud is is more or less just uh, Chris and I bullshitting about something for a couple minutes. Just for a, a few short minutes. minutes, yeah. And then uh, the newest one that's up now is uh, discussion of the recent Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. And we get... <laughs> Bastards. Yeah, we Bastards. we get a little passionate about oh, it. Oh, sorry about that. So yeah, so um, but yeah, Gino, uh, thanks for the suggestion. And you mentioned Too Fast for Love is just amazing. Why don't we start with Too Fast for Love? Yeah, why not? You know, it's a great album. You know, and and just like Gino says, you know, the the his Motley Crue is his Led Zeppelin. You know what? To me, I kind of feel the same way. You know, of of the, my generation where I grew up, and Too Fast for Love is just an amazing album. It's so hard to just pick one song off of there because they're all so good. Yeah, it's you know, and this is you know the debut album released in '81, originally released on their own before they even got a record deal. They did it at the DIY way. You know, and that's kind of what I like about this album so much. It's because it's young. Hungry Motley Crew. We talk about that with Kiss on their first couple albums. How, you know, when they were young and hungry, you know, they weren't rock stars yet. They weren't millionaires yet. They were they were still young and trying to get there. And it kind of it shows through the music. So this one's no exception. You guys know it. You love it. Crank it up. It's Motley Crew. It's Christmas. So enjoy. Merry go round. Am I going down now? Am I going down? 
album that's a great song there's a lot of good I songs love, on that one. i love vince neal's vocals on that first album especially that song yeah on some of the responses that i i got i just got while we go along i want to read some of the responses we got from the motley shout board and from our listeners on the shout board looks like too fast for love you had a couple picks for stick to your guns live yeah. wire toast of the town all great songs that's I, that's know. what we're going to run into i think with all of this is Basically, it's Motley Crue. You can pick just about any song from just about any album, and yeah. it's going to kick ass. And also, you know, and Livewire is kind of an obvious choice, but you know, because it was a single. We're, we're, as everybody knows, with our show, we try to not do this. Right, singles, we so. like to dig a little bit deeper than that. Classic rock radio does a good job of playing the singles. Well, probably not enough yeah. when it comes to Motley Crue, but. But uh, you know, we will give you some heard stuff that, that you may before. not have heard. You know, so uh, next, and we're not going any. We're we're not. We're just going in more of a random order no, when these are released. What album did you draw? Uh, girls, girls, girls. Nice. Not my favorite crew record. Um, you know, some people, uh, well, the band members themselves, as we uh, discussed with Toby Wright in the interview, because he was an engineer on this album under Tom Worman, who did all their early records. Yeah. Uh, this album in particular got a lot of hate from uh, Nikki in particular about how he didn't like the so and so-called sanitized sound that Worman brought, but and he gets that a lot from artists that he's worked with. Well, and the thing is with this, and it's you know everybody's if anybody's read the dirt, they know the story. You yeah. know, if anybody's read you know the the heroin diaries, you know yeah. the story. This was the piece. Molly Crew is in rough shape at the time. Girls, yeah. girls, girls comes out, and you know they're all effed up. You know they're all messed up all the time, 
And so to go back in retrospect and say, man, you know, the production on that album should have been a little bit better. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, sitting in the closet doing heroin would have been a better idea to be out there checking out what's going yeah. on in the production they, room. I mean, they were a but tad just, snow blind, you know, if yeah, you know what I mean. Totally. Back in those days. Totally. So um, recorded at one on one recording studios in November, from November to March of 87. Uh, it peaked at number two on the Billboard charts. Uh, on the week it w- that it that it peaked, it could have reached number one. But Whitney Houston, another fellow drug user, uh, reached number one with the uh, Whitney debut album. Mm. So, um, but that's See, what was this, going on at that time. This album meant a lot to me when I was a kid. I mean, oh, really? I was pretty young when this came out, and I remember actually hearing "Girls, Girls, Girls" on the radio too, yeah. and just being like, "Wow!" Wild Side is what pulled me in. Yeah, I and then I see, once that, I because after I heard "Girls," I I had to have the album. And yeah. I'm talking about the album the lp you right know, i was i'm a pretty young kid at this time and, and so you know i got the album and it was amazing that's when wild side and dancing on glass yeah. and you know all these other great songs that are on there I, this was an album that was real important to my childhood introspective album for nikki who was writing at the time you know dancing on glass is not about stripping it's about addiction to heroin right and, uh, no one was about i think his grandmother passing his grandmother. away so there was a lot and of that dark crazy stuff ballad what was the crazy oh ballad? you're all i need it's basically yeah. about, about a, a lover's grisly murder that's one of my yeah. favorite ballads of all time oh mine too if we do a uh, valentine's show that See, might have to get now, some play now look now after all this discussion maybe you got a little bit more appreciation for girls, girls maybe girls. I, I do I, I i like all motley albums but this Me one's too. not quite my favorite but so what'd you pick I picked a track off here that has some great guitar playing from Mick Mars, although they all do. But, I was going to uh, say, don't they all? This is track eight on the album. This is called Something for Nothing.
yeah, man, you picked a good one there. That is probably my favorite song on that album. Yeah, there's nothing uh, glammy about that track. That's a blues-based rocker. Right. This That Girls, Girls, Girls album is a dirty, dirty album. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's why I like it so much. Cool. Speaking of dirty albums, maybe in a different way, kind of a, maybe not dirty, maybe a little more grungy. Uh-huh. Is that the word, grungy? For when it came out, I guess 1997. it was an attempt at being grungy, maybe. Yeah, 1997 brings Motley Crue to kind of a strange place. All four original members are back together now. This is after John Karabi replaces Vince Neil, and then later on Vince Neil re-replaces John Karabi and is right. back in the band. But the album that comes out is a little strange. It's not like Motley Crue. Yeah, this one took me by surprise, the Generation Swine album. I... Uh... I didn't really know what to make of it. It was a grower on me, for sure. I liked the single. I remember yeah. when the single came out on radio talking about the song Afraid. I yeah. liked that. Afraid was good. Yeah. But then it had, I don't know, this to me, this album I think could be could be an amazing Motley Crue record if it was done in Motley Crue style. Mm -hmm. Like the style of, say, Saints of Los Angeles or Dr. Feelgood or even New Tattoo. You know, real Motley Crue style. This was Motley Crue not really being Motley Crue. You know, it was kind of Vince Neil trying to do John Karabi songs. That's a good way of putting it, I you think. Know? Yeah, I, I agree. I, it sounds like the album was, was b begun with that, that in mind, and then Vince came in and, like, I think the electric uh, the Electra Records people, it's obvious. They were pressuring the band to get Vince back involved because right. the Karabi era stuff, as much as we love it, didn't sell very well. And they were like, we got to go with what uh, makes the money. So they brought Vince back and... Uh, they probably were like, we have so much material, we're not going to ditch all this material to write straight-ahead right. rockers like we used not, to. Because it's not like Vince Neil's going to come in and write any songs. Probably not. Nikki Six writes them all. He wrote most of them. You yeah. know, so he wrote these songs with John Karabi, and, you know, the thing is, is it just doesn't work because Vince Neil Motley Crue is an entirely different band than John Karabi Motley Crue. Entirely. Right. You know, but we'll get into that a little well, bit later on because we'll see who who draws that one. But beyond that, there's some great songs on this album. Not necessarily what you expect from Motley Crue, but great songs nonetheless. Gonna give you a little taste of this one off of Generation Swine, 1997. Merry Christmas. This one's a beauty. Yeah. 
Nikki Six. Hey man, somebody's got to snort, somebody's got to drink, somebody's got to go to bed, all this girls, it's a hard life. Listen to the Decibel Geek Podcast on your iPhone, Android phone, BlackBerry, and WebOS phones with Stitcher. Stitcher's smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at stitcher.com. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Hi, this is Nikki Six's Out of Body Experience, and you're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Man, what a rocking Christmas party this is, hosted by one and only Decibel Geek Podcast. This is awesome, man. Very Motley Christmas. I know. It's different for me, but I figure, you know, we're trying to get in the uh, Motley Christmas spirit, so, you know, I've got the razor blade and the mirror out. And, it's you know, not we're, hard. We're celebrating. It's not hard to get into the spirit of Christmas when Motley Crue is rocking this hard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now you're in the spirit. Yeah. And then next week we'll be telling the story about how you were dead for two minutes. Yeah, that's right. Oh God, yeah, we just we just passed the anniversary of that. That's right. Uh, yeah. All right, but yeah, we're here to celebrate Motley Crue. We're not gonna we're not gonna say talk negative. It's about Christmas. Them. Um, because there's some great music they've put out on record. So, and uh, ultimately, that's what it's all about. That and that's what, what we're about. all about here on the podcast. So yeah, you know. Let's pick some great songs. Which album did you did you draw next? Proud to to draw the 1994 self-titled album. Love it. I the, love that album. Me too. And I'm not a Motley purist where you know I have to only like the Vince stuff. This is a great album and totally has got completely overlooked. Where you it know what? Have. I'm a Motley purist and I should only like the Vince stuff. Yeah. But I look at this as a different band. Yeah, I mean, I it really is a do. Band. It's a great band, you know. Like even in my iPod, I've got Motley Crue, and then I've got John Karabi with Motley Crue. Really? Yeah, totally separated. Well, and it it may have worked in their favor had they named it something else. I wish they would have. You know, if they would have took the same, you know, concept as they did with Brides of Destruction, yeah, or uh, Six A.M. Right. You know, or Fifty Eight, or any of them other bands that Nikki Six had done. If he, but I guess you know, again, that was probably record company. Yes, you know. One of my favorite stories about the making of this album was the original working title of this album was Till Death Do Us Part. <laughs> and how ironic. Well, also, and when they were making the album, that was still the title. Uh, Karabi went out and had that tattooed on his body. Yoch. And then they changed the name. <laughs> so they probably should have ch- named it that. But, That's um, like if you're a football player playing for a team and you get your team tattooed, logo tattooed on your arm, and the next day. They're shipping you yeah. off to Miami. It's still, I mean, there's or a worse, great... Kansas City. Oh, don't, e- <laughs> don't even go there. Don't even go there. But yeah, I mean, and uh, you know, it's a great album. And there's a great song called "Till Death Do Us Part" on the album. But I'm not gonna play that one. I'm not gonna there's play a lot of great songs. I'm not on gonna there. play "Hooligans Holiday." That's an obvious choice. I could go for any one of these songs. You know, any there's a there's a you lot could, of good. You stuff could on throw there. a dart at this album. And whatever song it lands on, it's going to be awesome. Well, here's the one that my dart landed on. This is Poison Apples.
Poison Apples off the album that was originally titled Till Death Do Us Part, but in reality meant Till Death Do Us, Till Low Record Sales Do Us Part. Yeah, that's the way it went for him, and that's yeah. too bad because, you know, looking back in retrospect, I, I recommend this album to anybody. There's there's not a bad song on the whole thing. Nope. And, well, one of the big reasons I started, that I originally had the idea for this show was, like, I want to play stuff off records like this mm-hmm. that people missed out on because it, right. it really deserved more attention. That's that's what it's all about because, yeah, you're right. So, you know, let's keep on going. Let's keep on going. It's a very motley Christmas here at the Decibel Geek Podcast. We're drawing albums to see uh, what we're going to pick. So what do I got next? Saints of Los Angeles from 2008. Motley Crue's latest, if you don't count the single sex that yeah. just came out, which, you know, you were bagging on that a couple of weeks like ago. It. I like it. I was listening I, to it just like the other it. day. I dig it. It's not for me. Um, Saints of Los Angeles. One of my favorite Motley Crue albums. Oh, really? I mean, this. How have you given this album? It's, oh, it's yeah. due. I mean, this album is I like killer. It. I like it. I, I could have done without some of the autobiographical stuff with it. I mean, the music's but great. The lyrics are a little. You got to remember though, with Saints of Los Angeles, the original working title was "The Dirt," and it was supposed to be kind of a soundtrack. Well, if, to that, if movie, that movie ever that gets ever, made, it'll, <laughs> it'll be great. But I yeah. remember years ago when they were talking about you know who might star as you know Vince Neil, who might star as Nikki yeah. Six, and now it's like you know where's this movie that everybody was talking about? I remember one point they said that Johnny Knoxville was going to be Nikki Six and Ashton Kutcher was going to be Tommy Lee, and I could yeah, actually see both of those guys yeah. doing that. I could too. That'd yeah. be a good fit. They need to make that damn movie. <laughs> if Kiss can make Detroit Rock City, then surely Motley can make The Dirt. And what a cool movie it would be. It would be amazing. I'd love to see it. And Christopher Walken was supposed to play Ozzy. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Could you see totally. him snorting a whole line of ants while wearing women's underwear? Yeah, I could. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I'd totally. pay good money to see that. Yes, I would. I'd love <laughs> to see that movie. Damn it, hurry up. Well, since this is the soundtrack to a, a non-made movie, what song are you going to pick to? <laughs> kind of like uh, music from The Elder. Yeah, kind of. This one, check it out. It's right about in the middle of the album somewhere, so... You know what period this is covering in their autobiography. This one's called Just Another Psycho.
Want to be a member of the Decibel Geek Army? You slimy scumbag, get on your face and give me 25. Join us on our fan page at facebook.com slash decibelgeek. And now, Deep Thoughts with Tommy Lee. What color panties are you wearing? Man, it feels good to be spending Christmas here playing some Molly Crew songs in this giving spirit. Yeah, this a, is awesome. We should have done this sooner. I like I like doing spending Motley songs, you know. And it's easy. It's fun for us just to kick back and we can enjoy the music just as much as everybody else. And you know, that's what it's all about. Good feelings, Christmas time and Motley F and crew. Yeah. Hell yeah. And it's kind of, you know, it mimics kind of, you know, our childhood too. Cause, you yeah, know, it does. When, you know, their first album came out when I was like what, six? Every time so. I draw draw a new album out, it's like, yeah, I know this one, you know, because Motley Crue's one of them bands that, for me personally, are so good. Mm-hmm. And I've liked them from the first moment I've heard them way back when. Yeah. And have kept up with them, probably bought it. I'm sure I've bought every album when it was new. Well, the next, my next pick was from uh, Theater of Pain. Came I had, out in, uh, I had that on LP? June 21st, 1985. I had the cassette tape that a friend of mine gave me, and I used to try to hide it from my parents. Not that my parents were some crazy fundamentalist or anything, but I grew up in the South, and this... It was Mo- the pentagram, Mo- I bet. It was the pentagram, and Motley <laughs> Crue, at, at this point, they are kind of scary looking. They were glammy looking, but there was like kind of a, a dark undertone yeah, were, to what they were doing. They were also evil. Yeah, and like, I mean, kids used to say, oh, they're, they're Satan worshipers and everything. Yeah, because why else would they put something like that on their cover? Yeah, and then the comedy and tragedy faces on the cover. I love the album cover. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it is, it is one of the coolest, most recognizable album yeah. covers ever. And, you know, the obvious hits, you know, Smoking in the Boys' Room and Home Sweet Home are, are great songs. This and, was their um, huge breakthrough. This was a huge breakthrough. It's funny because, I, you know, I researched on some of the fan boards and stuff, and it's like, this album doesn't get a lot of as much love as you would expect from the diehards. But, no, uh, not really. It's not one of my favorites either. Really? I Maybe it's because I have a personal attachment to it because I remember listening to it when I was a kid. Yeah, same here though. But um, you know, and it, I w- I really, really, really wanted to pick "Louder Than Hell," but in truth, that'd be a cheat because that was a song from the "Shout at the Devil" session. So I'm not gonna do it. Oh yeah, because um, it was called "Hotter Than Hell" at yeah, first, it was. right? It yeah. was, and then probably their lawyer said, "You may not want to do that." Yeah. So you may want to change that. But uh, and it was hard to pick one because I like a lot of songs on here. I I mean, I like "Louder Than Hell." I like um. Keep your eye on the money. Yeah. Um, let's see. Use it or lose. It's pretty cool. There's something with the production on this album, I think. Well, this goes back to Tom Worman again. You yeah. Know, it's that kind of that sterile sound, you know. But I think it gives them kind of a punk edge to their songs. You know, it's not yeah, quite as heavy so. as it could have been. I know. Right. But it's not Bob Rock production for sure. No. But uh, I went with this one. This was a this was a cool this is a cool track. I like this song. This is tonight, and in parentheses, we need a lover.
Christmas time. I know this is a this is a fun one. I hope uh, I hope the Motley fans listening to this are enjoying it because you know we're what? having a fun fun time putting it together. I got a good feeling that a lot of people are going to be sitting around on Christmas Day opening Christmas presents and not listening to Christmas music. They'll be listening to this. I don't know though. This is right. A, actually, no, they won't. This comes out a couple of days after Christmas. Oh, it'd well. be it'd be dumb to release <laughs> this on Christmas. <laughs> Well, you can enjoy it after Christmas yeah. then. Enjoy, let it uh, get you through the new year. Enjoy the Motley Crew that you've wanted to hear all along. You wanted a whole episode dedicated to Motley Crew, and yeah. we couldn't agree with you more. So, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to us. Yeah. Let's keep the Motley Crew rolling. My turn next, and I drew new tattoo. Came out in the year two thousand. This an album. Don't have Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee's out there uh, hipping and hopping, Ugh. wrapping it up. Yeah. Moving and shaking. That's about all I have to say about that. M O M, yeah, mom, goofball. I, lo- gonna, you know, I, I love. Me. Yeah, we're we're trying not to get <laughs> negative. I love Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee, one of the greatest drummers of all time, but absent on new tattoo, he's out doing his own thing. But he had a good replacement. You know, yeah, really good replacement. I mean, if you're gonna replace Tommy Lee, that's pretty tough. Pretty tough to do. But they found a man to fill the shoes, and that's Randy Castillo on this album. The late Randy Castillo. Rest in peace. This man was a rock and roller, played for Ozzy and everybody else. And new tattoo? Well, after uh, Dr. Feelgood, and they came back and they had the John Karabi experiment. We yep. call it that. Um, then they did the uh, whatever experiment you want to call Generation, Generation Swine. Swine. Yeah. And then it's time to actually put out a Motley Crue album. That sounds like Motley Crue again, and that's what you get with new tattoo, except no Tommy Lee. Yeah, this one I this was definitely going this was more of an attempt at going back to their roots. Um Yeah, for sure. I think I, as much as I loved Randy Castillo as a player and I've mentioned this on an episode before, I uh, you could you Tommy Lee was missed. You could for sure. You could tell, but uh Randy did do a great job and it, as a straight up rock album, it's a great album. It is a great album. I remember when it came out working at a club where I was playing live music and I'd slip this in once in a while and people would always come up and say is that Molly Crew? What is that? Say it's brand new, you know, at the time. And they're like, no way. Molly Crew's got a new album out in the year 2000. And, yeah. and it sounds like Molly Crew. And Crue. had a, a beefier sound with because uh, they brought producer Mike Klink up on board to do yeah. it. Yeah. A lot of great songs I could have picked off this one, but I'm going to go ahead and go with this. It's a good, hard rocking, no doubt about it, which band this is. Here's a song called Punched in the Teeth by Love.
right, Punched in the Teeth by Love off the new Tattoo album. I saw them on that tour. With, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't with Randy, though, because Randy got ill and ended up right. passing away, but it was with uh, Samantha Maloney drumming for them. Right. She drummed formerly with Hole and I think Smashing yeah. Pumpkins, right? Right, right. Interesting to see a girl behind the drums, especially while there's two chicks making out on the front of the stage. <laughs> it, was, it was a weird concert. Vince Neil was making out with all of them backstage. Probably. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was Motley Crue and Scorpions and Scorpions were great. Can we take a quick break? Can I can what? I tell you a really cool Vince Vince Neil story? Okay, I'm sure right. alcohol is involved. This is something that I I've, this was years ago. I seen this, you know, and, and this is a cool story that I've could I could have told many times, you know, here on the Decibel Geek podcast. But I've been saving it for something special, and I, I just remembered it now. When I was younger, I used to work at a place in Central Wisconsin called Hereford and Hops, and it was a steakhouse. And it was a unique steakhouse where they needed maintenance people, and I was one of those. And so I would come in early in the morning before the place opened and basically prep the place to run for the day. Yeah. And Vince Neal was in town. He was doing a show. And he would come into the bar. His hotel was, like, basically right across the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And this place was known for its home brewed beer, and the stuff was awesome. Oh, yeah. And he was sitting there, and I swear, this is what he did the whole time he was there. He'd sit there, and he'd drink his beer. Yeah. And eventually, you know, people are coming up, and he's signing autographs and being real cool with people. And eventually, a girl comes up, Mm -hmm. and they'll start talking, and boom, they're gone. Yeah. A little while later, Vince Neil comes back by himself. Yeah. Sits at the bar. People come up, talk to him. He signs autographs, real cool, cool, gracious, and everybody. repeat. Another chick comes up. He starts talking to her. Boom, they're gone. Yeah. What ends up happening at the end of the day was the uh, the main head manager had a girlfriend that worked there, and she had basically slept her way to the top. But she was tall, blonde, you know, could have been a model. This girl was gorgeous. Right. And, you know, people are coming up to Vince, talk to him, he's signing autographs, being cool. She comes up to him, boom, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the poor guy didn't find out about it till the next day, but, hey, oh, Vince wow. Neal's on to the next town by then. But Vince Neal, that's all it took. It was amazing to see this man in action because <laughs> the girls would just come up to him. He'd take him back to the hotel. They'd go do their thing. He'd be on his way back. Wow. And it would just, it was like, like you say, you know, you could have timed a clock, you know, <laughs> set a clock by it. It was amazing. These women <sighs> just on him and back to the hotel. Yeah. I do that every wow. once in a while. Do you? You yeah. just show up the bar and yeah. Yeah. You got to rent a hotel yeah. room next door. My wife's like way in the other room right now. <laughs> that's total bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> but that's a true story about Vince Neal. I've seen it with my own eyes. Yeah. That sounds about right. Ladies. And when, man. what year was this? Jeez, this would have been back in uh, probably not too long after that album came out. Yeah. In the um, early, early 2000s. 2000s. Wow. Yeah. Even at that age, still pulling tail like you wouldn't believe. Absolutely. He, he's Vince Neil. That's right. That's what he do. That's what he do. Well, I'm going to make a transition from Vince back to John Karabi for my next pick. Um, the album, there was a, uh, let me get my notes up real quick. There was an EP that, that came out. Uh, that by the crew in 94. Now, it was called Quaternary. And the reason it's called Quaternary, the definition of Quaternary is of, relating to, or consisting of four units or members. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is it was initially, initially going to be called Leftovers, and it was made available as a mail-in offer to purchasers of the people that bought the 94 crew album. And it was in a limited quantity to 20,000 copies. So not a lot of people own this. By the time we found out about it up in Wisconsin, they were gone. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, 
I still have my digital version. I don't have. I I had the physical version and I lost it in a move, but uh, um, I loved it back then. Um, and the reason it's called Quaternary, the EP features one song from each member of the band. It's like Kiss's solo albums, all on an EP. On an EP. Um, Planet Boom was Tommy's. Yeah. Bittersweet is Mix. You can tell with that Planet Boom where he was headed with the old. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can hear stuff. the influence. And then uh, Father from Nikki and uh, Friends from John Karabi. And then the song that I want to pick is Baby Kills, which was the only song performed by the, by the entire band yep. on the on the CD, but uh, on EP. So um, I think people will dig this. This is a great track. This is Baby Kills from Quaternary.
got a question, comment, request, or legal threat, call us on our voicemail hotline at 540-DB-GEEK-1. That's 540-324-3351. It's a very Motley Christmas right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. I love it. I do, too. I love it. This is fun, man. I'm a man, a few words right now. Sorry, you caught me in a weird We're way. just, you know, <laughs> taking it easy. It's Christmas time. You're supposed to take it easy. Yeah. Gotta, it, well, it's everybody talks about taking it easy during Christmas time, but, man, other than the time we have to do the show, I don't get to relax much. So well, no, that's why we're relaxing It's a welcome now. distraction. Oh, yeah, I yeah. hear you. Yeah, for sure. But, um... Yeah, you wanted it all year, so we're giving it to you, the Motley Crue special. Hope you like it. I remember when I first started, when we first started doing this, you know, actually when I first got involved at the very beginning, yeah. towards the very beginning, yeah. my buddy Cal Hintz back in Wisconsin, a guy I went to school with, was like, man, your show's really cool. You should do a Motley Crue special. Yeah, we've you know, heard and it that, that was like one of the first things one of my friends had said to me when they'd heard it. Yeah, you came on, I think it was episode seven. Was it that far in? Yeah. Hmm. Six or seven, but two of them were the Vinnie Vincent two parts. Oh yeah, special. that's right. But um, but still though, I mean, now we're up to sixty four. Is that what that is? Something, something like, like that. that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. We're getting up there. We can't even keep track anymore. We're getting so old. I know, and we have a lot of big plans for the new year. Big time. So, yeah. I mean, we're looking at stuff where we're trying to schedule in stuff, and we're going to continue to do the same things that we've done this year. But we'll get into a little bit more of that next week. Right now, we're concentrating on having a very Motley Christmas. Yeah. So you've got the next pick. We've got two big, big Motley Crue albums left. Which one do you got? Well, my turn, I drew Dr. Feelgood. So many great songs on this album. Such a huge part of my childhood as well as I know yours. Oh, and, yeah. And many of the people that listen to the Decibel Geek podcast. This, uh... this album is what it's all about. This is the Motley Crue I think, you know, for the most part, maybe other than Shout at the Devil, probably their most popular album. Yeah, I'd say it was. And they were they were so big around this time. I vividly yeah. remember how big they were. I and mean, then, like... Motley Crue t-shirts everywhere. everywhere and Everybody had a copy of this and cassette. all the girls loved them. I That's, remember that. I think that was a part of the music of Motley Crue that made me like them so much. I know, was, you could, was seeing yeah. how the girls reacted to Motley Crue going, yeah. man, I wish girls reacted oh, to yeah. me the way they react to this music. You I, know, they... You, they listen to crew and they get all turned on. You yeah. know, you'd it's get great. You get your copy of Metal Edge, and the girls would be ripping out the pictures of Vince. And yeah, Mickey hanging and them on the inside of their yeah, lockers, and just drooling and over yeah. them. I was like, man, the chicks really like Motley, you know. And that, yeah, this was probably, I guess, the height of their commercialized success. And, yeah, for um, sure. Sold more than six million copies in the U.S. only to date. Wow. Uh, you know, produced That's by it, huh? Bob Rock. <laughs> that guy knows how to make millions. I yeah, mean, he does. He's a, you know, and you know, he gets slagged on. People say, oh, it's too slick of the production. I'm sorry. I think he makes a band sound awesome. But this is, yeah, this is the quintessential Motley Crue song, or uh, sound, I mean. Yeah. You know, and this is the album. Like, if you were going to say to somebody who's never listened to Motley Crue before, you know, here, listen to this, yeah. you're probably going to hand them Dr. Feelgood. Oh, I'd like to hear, like, Too Fast for Love re recorded with Bob Rock with these Sonics. I'd like to hear uh, Generation Swine redone oh, like true. that. We'll take out all of the uh, mm -hmm. synthesizer keyboards. All the bullshit and just yeah. straight up rock. But yeah, it's, That's a, awesome. it's a great album. So many great songs to pick from it. I picked one, like you said, this is the Decibel Geek podcast. So I'm not going to play, you know, same old situation. I'm not going to play Don't Go Away Mad. I'm not going to play You're going to play Time I'm for Change. Not right? going to play Time for Change. <laughs> this is actually, to tell you the truth, my favorite song off the album 
And a little secret for the people back in central Wisconsin, a lot of them know, I was a strip club DJ at one time. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you finished for, that with DJ. For a, for a short period of time <laughs> in my career, I DJed at a strip club. And one of the things was if there was a girl there that really didn't know what she was doing, was unsure of herself, this was the song I could play for to start out. You can dance to this. Any girl can dance sexy to this. So crank this one up off of Dr. Feelgood in the year 1989. Going way back for this one. Sticky Sweet.
God, takes me back to when I was a young single man working at that strip club. Sticky Sweet. What a great song. What woman can't dance sexy to that, right? On our way out, before before we do the last song and last album discussion, want to thank everyone for listening. Thank all new listeners. Um, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash decibelgeek. Like us on there. Get uh, links to the exclusive bonus track that we do on SoundCloud. Go to iTunes. Please leave us a rating and a review. That helps us a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You know, you take time listening to the show. As you know, like you said, we're free on iTunes. So we're free. So you're free to leave us a response. Love us, hate us, whatever. Put it on there. Yeah. If Just you're, kidding. Just love us. <laughs> if you're on Twitter, uh, go follow us at, at Decibel Geek Pod. We want to build up that Twitter follower list. We're using it more now. You know what we're doing here. We're, create, we're creating a, a local music scene out of a worldwide audience. Did yeah. I get it right? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, should I try it? Should I try it? Yeah, I can do it. I can do it. What's the website address? Nope. Oh, that one's easy. It's www.decibelgeek.com. That's right. Simple as that. Okay, so last album to talk about, Shout at the Devil. It's been a very motley Christmas. 1983. This is a uh, landmark album, especially for the 80s. This album one put the, let's 80s just, hair Let's just go ahead and say... One of the greatest rock albums of all time. It's one of my favorites. Mine too. And um, something I I noticed in uh, research for this that I didn't know. Obviously, the Too Fast for Love cover is kind of a is a uh, homage to the Sticky Fingers Rolling Stones cover, which I, I can get that because right. it looks pretty obvious. I didn't realize that the, they were following that up on Shout at the Devil with kind of a Let It Be spoof. It's kind of like the be- oh, the Beatles yeah. from Hell, you know. Yeah, I guess I so, kind of see that. Which you know makes sense with Helter Skelter on there, right? Exactly. So you know, it's I didn't notice that before. I just thought it was a cool picture of the band, but very um, cool picture. Those guys looked awesome back then. Yeah, I like this. Those era. guys were walking down the street. Would you Would you mess with them? I'd be like, you know, not knowing any different, just like step out of the way, let them through. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are clearly here to kick some ass. Mick Mars, especially, he's pretty frightening back in yeah. those days. Well, he still kind of is, but um. Yeah, it you know, and there's some awesome uh, there's some obvious picks on here that I didn't go with. You know, the title track "Looks That Kill," yeah, uh, "Helter Skelter," "Too Young to Fall in Love." A lot of people, a lot of songs we've heard a million times. A lot of people suggested to get "Too Young to Fall in Love," and I would have played it. Is it a good song, but we've played it on the show before. We're trying to trying to yeah, stay. Yeah, there was there were some songs on different albums too, and I realized. I've played a couple of songs off of uh, Saints of Los Angeles over yeah, the last and year. Yeah, I've uh, I played Smoke the Sky off of uh, the '94 album once. Yeah. So you know we're trying to we're trying to mix we, it up. We do play our Motley Crew here on the Desk yeah, Geek Podcast. Hell, we're giving you a whole, a whole episode. One. So uh, we're not complaining. We so, love it too. So yeah, we're on the way out. But I wanted to pick track four. This is a great track to end on. So uh, Merry Christmas, Motley Christmas, whatever you have, Aaron. Very uh, Motley Christmas. We want to thank you guys once again. You guys enjoy your holidays, whatever you're doing with your family, your loved ones. Have a good time, and don't stop rocking. We've got a whole nother year coming up, but we're going to talk about that next week. So let's round this out with our last Motley Crue song. We'll see you later, you bastards.
fucking Brian, you haven't heard our fucking Christmas song. Hi, night, deadly night. Suck my dick till the end turns bright. Santa is a fucking homo. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.